Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Cuz You Don't Know Football. Once again, guys, I want to thank you for being a part of this growth. This growth has been crazy. It's been bigger than I could have hoped it could have been. So, yeah, so we basically covered all of the topics that we had to cover this summer. We hit every single point. We did it. We didn't stop. No matter what happened, and yes, there were some reasons why it couldn't have happened. So, now, today, so let's just go through the summer. So the summer we brought you through, we brought you through uh, 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 what happened last offseason. We brought you through uh, the draft. We brought you through, we brought you through the predictions in a Fatal Flaw series, which was a big win. And we've given you predictions faster than we were supposed to be able to. So we, we've, we, we've hit everything. And now, and now this week, this week, we're basically talking about, well, let me say it like this. We have a little lull in, in, in the middle there. And we got some, we get to finally hit <laughs> some, some topics, some NFL news. That's one thing we don't get to hit on as much, but we get to hit some uh, NFL news. And um, so we get to talk about uh, some subjects. So we got another, we got a special guest coming back. Our boy Daniel's coming back. So we're going to talk about uh, the running back market. Uh, we're going to talk about this whole Trey Lance, uh, Dak Prescott, Cowboys situation. We're going to try to unpack all of that. And then uh, the one thing that we, that, I, that I really want to talk about, well, we're going to talk about the Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and, and who do we see with that. But also, I want to talk about this playoff structure, see if the NFL got the best playoff structure. So we're actually going to bring in uh, Daniel. We're going to bring him in. We're going to start doing our thing from there. You know what I mean? Let's see. Let's get him started. We'll get him going. And then we in there. Cuz, can you hear me? How we doing? Cuz, welcome back to the show, Cuz. We switched. So <laughs> you came back for a second time. What's wrong with you? you must Thank you. I love Hey, I love it here. <laughs> you must be hard-headed. <laughs> Runs in the family. Uh, you, sure as hell does. It, 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 the fuck if it doesn't run in this damn family. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. So um, welcome back, man. We help. We happy to have you here. So we were just going over some of the topics for um for today's show because we got a low because we hit all of the, all of our points that we had to hit this summer. We didn't take right. it all summer, so we we, we did everything we said. <laughs> everything we said we was going to do, we did it. So we did it. So that's what's up. So, so first, let me let me talk about what I want to talk about. Let's get to it. This whole Trey Lance, Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys thing. What do you think? Like, like unpack this. I don't even want you. I don't even want you to be like this is what I think. I want you to unpack it for for us so that we can kind of get into the nitty gritty of it. I mean, you got to start with maybe one of the all time trade ups. In NFL draft history, you trade up to go third to get Trey Lance. You end up giving Miami a boatload of stuff. You got Jalen Waddle, you got Tyreek Hill, Bradley Chubb, all for him to sit on your bench for four years, and then you ship him off to Dallas because you got a Brock Purdy, the number two hundred and thirty second pick, is running your team now. Like that's just. That's less on Trey, in my opinion, because we haven't got to see what he can really do. 
and more so on the the 49ers organization. That was just a bad pick. Yeah, so so I got a question. So I was actually just looking up. So he was traded for a fourth round pick. So after yeah. all of all of what they moved up for, he was traded for a fourth round pick. My question is this. Is Trey Lance the biggest NFL bust in NFL history? So when you oh, look, no. hold on, hold on. When you think about this though, think about what they gave up too. So when you talk about the biggest bust in, in, in NFL history, you got you got uh, uh Ryan Leaf, you got Jamarcus Russell, you got every quarterback that the Browns tried to draft for <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Manziel. <laughs> um, yeah, but when you talk about a ceiling that's supposed to be like out of this world and what it actually was, like all of the other guys that played, or, excuse me, that were drafted, they actually like played. You know, he, as you said, he sat on the bench. There's never been a ransom given up that much or that there's never been that much of a ransom given up for a guy that never played. So that's why I said, so that's why I'm saying. So tell me what you think. Is he the biggest draft bust of all time? No, because of him being on the bench. Jamarcus Russell went number one overall and was a starter for the Raiders and flamed out. You know what I mean? Same thing with Ryan Leaf, number two, right after Peyton. Remember, that was a whole debate going in. Who's going to go number one, Ryan Leaf or Peyton Manning? And anybody with a brain was like, are you joking? Peyton's going number one. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, Ryan Leaf ain't played nobody, and he was a buzz. Like, because Trey Lance, we haven't gotten to see him, even in multiple games, to show what he's capable of. I can't say he's an all-time greatest bust, but he is trending in that bust fashion if something doesn't come from this Dallas situation. So so my thought is this. So from playing football, as you know, there's nobody who sees you more than your coaches, right? There's nobody who sees what you can do. They see how good you can be. They see how um, consistent you are at where you are and everything. There's nobody who sees that more than your coaches. So if you don't make it on the field, Usually it's them telling you there's something you need to learn or there's something you need to grow in and there's something that you need to do. So what I'm saying is I still think more of the person that was on the field because they got the opportunity to get on the field because if they didn't think you could be on the field, you would not be on the field. So I look at the person who's on the field and was bad as I think if that person is better than the person who could not get on on the field. You know what I mean? Because because it, it always trends backwards. Because there's there's a guy who couldn't even make the team. The person yeah. that never touched the field is still better than the guy that couldn't make the team. So that's how I kind of look at this, and I'm like, wow! I, with all the things that they gave up for him, like Trey Lance, like I don't think Trey Lance right now is getting that kind of abuse that Marcus Russell got and and Ryan Leaf got. No, terrible. And you were and they had this much hope for you. I think I don't disagree with your point. There's a really good point. But I think the bust label is a viewer's kind of perspective. The viewers are looking at seeing their physical talents on the field and if they basically suck or not. I watched you play. You were terrible. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to, well, I haven't seen what he can really do yet. You know what I'm saying? He had bright spots here, then low spots here, as opposed to Jamarcus, who was just from day one, just started plummeting down. 
Yeah. So that's where my idea of the bus, when you consider somebody a bus comes from, is we watched you day in and day out, week in and week out, line up, drop back, and throw 30 picks a season. It's like, and you were a top five pick. You're right. And you're a top, <laughs> you're a top five pick. You got to go. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, though, he is trending towards that, like, all-time bust or area because of what you said of, like, he can't even get on the field. He, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he can't even get some – he can't get no reps. Right. So, so let, me, so let me ask you a question. Do you think – so you don't think in, like, the, like the locker rooms that the coaches are saying, this guy, he ain't it. We, we, we thought he was it and we were wrong. Oh, for sure they are. Like, They're not so telling him that. I, I mean, that's still a bust. Like, how, like, I think coaches tell – be like, oh, we got a bust in our hands. I don't think they ever tell their players that. But I think no. in their room, they're like, he ain't it, man. <laughs> no, as I'm saying, I don't disagree with the bus label, but all-time bus for me is, you know, like, again, I keep going back to Russell. You can't be drafted number one overall, get $150 million guaranteed rookie contract, which they don't do anymore. He's yeah. part of the reasoning that they have rookie yes. limits now. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And then just be terrible at your job the whole time. Never look at film. Never look at tape. Never be in shape. <laughs> be late to game. He admitted that too. He said, I, I ain't doing none of that. I, I, I ain't doing none of that. I was one of those guys that watched tape. Because uh, he played, uh, he was on the 0-3 team at LSU with Diane's husband, Nate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I got, so I got plenty of stories from Nate about this dude. About how he was, you know what I'm saying? I had to bring, so from, I had to bring Nate on one day. If he, if he so, wants to, because you know, once you all uh, play the offensive tackle for the Dallas Cowboys, sometimes you'd be like, I don't want to do certain. Yeah, things. you know, he got he got the pinky up. But listen, if we can get him on here, we might bring him on here one time. You know, but you know what I'm saying? Like I've heard the stories that make me like, I don't know. Like yes, I get it. Lance is trending, like I said, in that direction. It's only been four years. Uh, Jordan Love ain't played more than five down because uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't leave, and now he's a starter. He can end up being trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. He, he can end up being an all-time bust because he was a first-round quarterback pick too. It's just like, like I said, we haven't seen the full. You know what I'm saying? Scope for me to be like all-time bust. I get what you said, and I and I and I can respect that, and I and I appreciate that. So. Like even so, take it take a guy like Aaron Rodgers who sat for about he sat for about three years, um, like four or five years, yeah. Like, but but his but the reason the reason for that was because he had a Hall of Famer that was playing, and they were in a Super Bowl uh, ready situation. So I get why, but like he would, I still think he would have had an impact if he give me would have got that opportunity. Which is to your point, yeah. We don't know, you know, everything. Um, but the, I think it, it depends on who you sat behind. His they clear they moved Jeremy, Jimmy Garoppolo out for him. They said, "All right, Jimmy, you can go. We're gonna give him all the <laughs> everything he needs to succeed. We're gonna give him everything." And his only competition was a guy that was Mister Irrelevant. Now, of course, that's Brock Purdy, um, but that doesn't hold you on the bench. And I think if if you if you the guy. That top top five pick, give it, giving up the biggest ransom of all time. You got to be better. You have to be like you have. Oh, to so if you're not that guy, there's a list of people that aren't that guy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like I don't think he's that guy, 
and I think he is in almost in that bus area. But when you said like comparing bus and like all time bus, you know what I'm saying? For me, that's two different categories okay. for him right now. Okay, cool. So all right, so he gets traded to Dallas for the for a fourth round pick. What do you what do you think about the trade? What do you think about everything? Talk to me about the trade and and in the in the uh, state of Dallas and and it wasn't smart, was it stupid? What's up? I think it was a lateral move. It didn't hurt them. It didn't really help them because Trey Lance has the same skill set as Dak. So Dak gets hurt again. Mm-hmm. Something of that nature. Oh, I can just slide Trey right in. Right. And he can he can run the same plays. Right. He can right. do the same things. And he's younger, less my a lot less mileage because he ain't been doing nothing on the on those tire treads, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, it was more of a lateral move as opposed to did it increase their Super Bowl chances or decrease their Super Bowl chances. You know what I mean? It was almost just like we just need something. But you know what I'm saying? And they went out and got him for for a fourth round pick. That's you know, that's nothing half the time. Right. So I think the narrative, the narrative to me is more about the fact that Jerry Jones didn't tell Mike McCarthy that he was doing it. That's more of it. So I don't I don't think I don't think we we, we spoke on Jerry in a previous episode, remember? Until be. he stops, it's <laughs> never gonna end. Until he steps back and lets people run the business and why he's just the owner, this is what's gonna keep happening. Right. And I don't know why every I don't know why coaches come in and they're like, Oh, I'm gonna run it my way. Like, no, you're not. You're not Jimmy Johnson. That's the last dude who could do it. And he got three Super Bowls out of it. Mm-hmm. Since then, Jerry's been running everything. And they ain't sniffed the playoffs but like two or three times and won one game. Like in about 20, we took, we, twenty-six years now. Now that's what I'm saying. We we spoke on Jerry. So yeah, yeah. See, see, people don't remember. See, at this point, the kids don't ever remember Dallas being that team, being America's team. Their whole life. If you if you're 25, 26 years old or younger, you've never seen this. You've never seen you have Dallas no idea what anyone's talking about with the Cowboys. Yeah, Nate, Nate just needs to be quiet to them. To them, they're gonna be like, <laughs> like was it when did y'all last playoff win? Oh, uh, a year ago. Then before that, like 15 years. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. But I, so I don't think this is a threat to Dak, you know, per se. No. Um, I, do I think there's a wiggle room in where he could get in and Dak could get out? Yeah, but he'd have to be. Uh, better than Dak and he hasn't shown to be better than anybody. So right. like I don't think this is a threat to Dak. But I think when you talk about Mike McCarthy, you're not you don't even translate, you don't even talk to your staff. The person that has to cook this meal, you're not even telling him the ingredients that here's the ingredients, just take it. Yeah, and you gotta do it. Now I will say this though, and I will say this in terms of Dallas, this would be the best point I can make about Dallas. In terms of drafting and developing talent, there's but two or three teams over the last, I'll say, five years that you could say has consistently been able to do that. Um, I think their drafting has been phenomenal. I think the fact that when you look at the talent and uh, the, the places where talent is coming from, yeah, I think they've definitely rolled over a new regime from an old one that was working well. they just never been able to get quarterback, correct, in my opinion. They overpaid for quarterback. That's always going to fuck you up. They, they always do. It's Dallas is what you're supposed to do. Um, I don't. Yes, I agree with you on the talent acquisition. Dallas, 49ers, kind of Kansas City, the Eagles, like certain teams have been consistently good at drafting. 
I wish I could I, say Kansas City, but it's so obvious that they're so bad at so many places. I don't know how they keep winning. But th- but that's what I'm saying. Like they they're bad at like left guard, but their left tackle's a pro bowler. Right. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right. They're, they're bad at nose tackle, but the defensive end has been to 15 straight Pro Bowls. You know? <laughs> like yeah, it Kansas, makes up for Kansas it. Like they, Kansas City's an enigma right now for me. I don't I don't I don't, I don't understand because I know like, that like, not a talented team. That's not a playoff roster, let alone a Super Bowl winning roster. Listen, their offensive line is not top five, and yet they have a number one quarterback. Yeah. Who 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 makes up for it? You know what I'm saying? Like he, where they're lacking, uh, someone makes up for uh, it. Is he making up for it? <laughs> this don't even. You know what I'm saying? And he's not fast. He's not Lamar Jackson speed. He's just you know he's just quick. <laughs> Listen, Patrick Mahomes and Kansas Chiefs. This is this is this is Tom Brady without the spy game. That's what this is. That's what we're looking at here. And it's like I don't know why they why they can't be stopped. <laughs> yeah. You know, I because don't know why they can't be Listen, stopped. between him, well, one, you have the unstoppable combination of him and Kelsey. Kelsey is going to get open, and he's going to catch the yes, ball. I will agree with that. Who are you going to put on him? A linebacker? He's too small. Safety? Too small. Quarterback? He's too small. I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. But Travis Kelsey and a slightly above average offensive line and the worst wide receiver core and the whole – like maybe to ever win the Super Bowl, and, traded away one of the better wide receivers and, ever, <laughs> and Chris Jones and a, a average talent in every other position outside of Chris Jones. That ain't on the line, yeah. That's not a playoff roster. That's not a playoff roster. And yet he got two. <laughs> he got a out of that. He got two. <laughs> well, the first one he had Tyreek Hill and. and and, and First one, it was explosion. Yeah, and, and, offensive yeah, explosion. Tyron Matthew, and you know what I mean. Like I get like where these players was coming from, but what the heck is going on there? I don't even stay on top. Let's stay focused. Okay, so so yeah, so so uh, for me, it's not Dak per se. Um, when that contract runs out, I think they'll be in a better situation. Uh, but oh uh, yeah, Dallas, yeah. Yes, yes, I do think Dallas. Let me, excuse me. Let me uh, <laughs> explain that. I think Dallas will be in a better situation when Dak's contract runs out. Um, and I think Trey Lance they give they give him opportunity to sit down. Like, I'm not sure if it's just the fundamentals or if it's film study or whatever his limitations are because it's not physical. So whatever his limitations are, he you oh, it's, it's definitely upstairs. It's something up here. He's not getting no reps. You know what I'm saying? You're just going to do these fundamental things. And I think that opportunity, we're not going to hear from Trey Lance for about like three weeks. You know what I mean? And then we'll see. So, if, unless they're blowing somebody out, yeah, you're not going to see Trey Lance. No, because they got Cooper Rush still. So, they, like, you're not going to, we're not going to hear from Trey Lance unless both of them get hurt. Which would be ironic because that's exactly how his replacement got in. Uh, that's, that's probably yeah. That's how it's gonna that happen. Would be ironic. <laughs> that's how he got his job to it. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool, man. So that's Dak Prescott and and, and, and Trey Lance talk. Right, so I, I I don't think I don't think Dak is worried. I think Trey is just like you know uh, a little cog in the machine right now. You know what I'm saying. He's just helping the machine move forward. He's not helping them. He's not really hurting them. He's just there. Right. Right. Oh, in conclusion, I do think if you got a guy that you think is that talented for a fourth round pick, I do think that's a very good deal to be made. I think that's a chance I'm willing to take on a guy that's going to sit 
and I'm not going. You're not. Everybody else is not going to hear from for three years for a fourth round pick. I do think that's a, that's a very good deal to me. Yeah, Dallas is Dallas at the right time. I just wish he would talk to his staff about that. I wish Jerry would talk to his staff. <laughs> um. All right, moving on. Man, let's talk about this running back market. So I'm on record. I'm on record saying, if as an Indianapolis Colts fan. If Jonathan Taylor was not re-signed, that would not be the end of the world for me. Um, no. So I've, I, but I, but to act like he's not the talent, to act like he's he didn't do he didn't carry us for like two years, would be a lie. Um. So when you so when you talk about the running back situation, running back market, you got to keep in mind running backs at the, running backs are the only position where how you there's no illegal way to hit them. It's the only position that, that 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 that's left for that. So their shelf life goes so low. See, when we were growing up, these star running backs in this in this uh, uh this top running back having that guy meant more because you were relying on them. Somewhere along the line, the NFL found out, you know, if we have two running backs and none of them and like they're both like pretty good, but neither one of them is great, we could pay both of them way less money. And get the same production. And when that yeah. started, I, for me, I said, the running back market got hit. You know? So the, I don't know when the next time we're going to have a running back play for one team and have that kind of impact, like like uh, Emmett Smith, LaDainian Tomlinson, Barry Sanders. Uh, so, I mean, like Derrick Henry, I think, is the last of it. And I'm – if we go going to here, is that, is, that, is that the reason why they don't have a ring? If they traded him – and put it and got other positions would they have a ring you know nick chubb is another example of that very good example of that bell cow uh, running back but the market has changed and um yeah man let's talk let's talk about this running back market a little bit i think the to your point yes at some point this transition happened i like to think it was when a couple of years back all of the rules started being to benefit the offense and the quarterback because you can't illegally – illegally, you can't really hit a running back in a wrong way. There's no illegal way. Quarterback, you can't breathe on him half the time, and that's a penalty. Like that, It's, it's crazy because, like, running back used to be, like, the position. Like, after quarterback, it was running back over wide receiver. Like, running yeah. back, if you was a running back, you was the guy, like, that got that, – that, like, growing up from, from Little League on, that you were who was being schemed for. And don't have to anymore. More than quarterback. It was that running back that's the best player on the team. Right. Most athletic, versatile, slide him to the slot. He's blocking. Does a lot of lot more stuff than the quarterback. But it's somewhere along the way, and like I said, I feel like it was around had a lot to do with Tom Brady, because you know you couldn't touch Tom, you couldn't touch Peyton, couldn't touch Brett. You know what I'm saying? Like, like where these quarterbacks got these special rules for them that the running back position dwindled because now, to your point, I can do running back by committee. Right. As a, as as an NFL team, I want to average 150 yards a game. Right. That'd be a good average for the year. For running. Let me, yeah. Incredible. <laughs> that's, that's, but you, that's what I'm saying. And usually, like we talked about, Emmett Smith, Eric Dickerson, uh, Barry Sanders. That's what they were doing by themselves. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Derrick Henry now, Nick Chubb. You know, a couple other guys t- today's league are kind of doing that still. 
But to your point, let's just get us two or three decent running backs. He gets me 50 yards. He gets me 38 yards. He gets me 60 yards. Mm-hmm. Running back by committee, and I got to pay, and I'm, I'm paying y'all a few million a year oh, instead of paying oh, the big man, you know, 20 million a year. With no and it, and the drop off between him and the next guy is so great, it's like it's almost not worth it. So I think the market, what I'm saying is the running back market, cannibalized itself. You know what I mean? Because when Derek gets a hundred million dollar contract, and now me as Nick Chubb coming up, and I'm putting up similar numbers, I'm putting up same touchdowns, I'm putting up ten yards less. You know, I got the rushing record last year. He got it the year before. So if he got 100 million this year, I won 110. Right. And then, okay. Oh, then, then, yeah. then the next guy goes, well, he got 110 and I put up 10 more touchdowns in him. I see 120. Mm-hmm. But to your point, because they can get cracked by everybody at every angle in their knees and they get hurt so much, as an owner, as a team, I'm like, do I want to put $100 million that you're going to sit down for two years because of an ACL injury? Let's not even go two years. Let's go, let's go, let's go two games. You know, like so, so I'm not gonna have you for a quarter of this season because I got because the other part of that is if we get to the playoffs and you had all these carries, I need you fresh in the playoffs. So right. also that too, because you can get worn down more than every other position. So I need somebody else to take this off of. Even talk about the Eagles. Talk about your Eagles. You guys let go of Miles Sanders because when he's going to get paid, now your top three running backs are getting paid in like combined less than Miles Sanders is getting paid, and no one expects a drop off in terms of uh, in yeah. terms of your running ability. So that's what I'm saying. It's like it makes it so hard to say a number one running back deserves. <laughs> yes. yes, even though, even though in twenty in twenty twenty one. In 2021, Jonathan Taylor, like, he was 1,800 yards rushing. Like, that was our offense. We had Carson Wentz at the time, and he was throwing for about seven. I remember. There, there was a couple games. He like, No, he threw more games of 70 yards or or less than he did games that he threw for 300 yards. He only had, like, one 300-yard game the whole year. Yeah. He was terrible. So, Jonathan Taylor was carrying us, and I know that's what was going on. We talk about long term, like you're going to miss some games. Like, look at like he hasn't looked healthy this whole offseason. Like, I, there was a video, and I knew, like, so in terms of this whole contract talk, I know this isn't 100% about the contract, why he's not there. I looked at him on film, he's limping still. He ain't been hit. He We we ended the season for him, uh, like, in, like, in about the middle of the year. He ain't been hit since the middle of the season last year, and he's still limping today. Yeah. Which means something ain't fixed yet. And you were and the Colts and the Colts know that. That's why we don't want to pay you. But if you want to go find somebody else that wants to give us what we want, go for it. Right. So, so I like. I, I feel like I feel like I'm the. Uh, I'm, I'm now the white suit instead of the player. <laughs> but like, I totally get like. No. But you understand. That's what I'm saying. You understand it. Yes. Like so- I, it's this is a business. At the end of the day, you're commodity your worth to me is giving me 1800 yards you know in a season and you ain't showed me that because you've been hurt for a year so why am i going to pay you 
$15 million a year or whatever, and you might get hurt six months later. Because let's be honest, the Colts know they don't have an elite line. They have a good line. They got good players on the line. They don't have an elite line, and he could get cracking them. And all of a sudden, like you said, now you're down for two or three games. Yeah. If if a running back, if a running back, if from the running back position, one running back, you could expect 1,800 yards and being able to go through uh, four games in the playoffs. If you could expect that, even if even in that scenario, if you missed a game, I would still say, oh, yeah, you got to give that person everything that they want. But you know they're going to miss th- like two or three games. You know they're not if, – if, if they had a season that was 1,800 yards, in the playoffs they're going to be run down. It, it happened to Derrick Henry. It literally yeah. happened. So even as a coach fan, like we have a history. We just move off of backs. We move, ever since we had Marshall Falk. We had Marshall Falk, and he played Peyton Manning's rookie year. We traded, we traded him. Everything looked like it was crazy. And we ended up getting Edger and James. Edger and James turned out to be Edger and James. Right. And even in the middle of Edger and James's run, we got Dominic Rhodes, and we we had to go to a, a one-two system. So now, when Edger and James was saying the same thing, like "Yo, I want to get paid. I want to get paid." We needed a guy to to take some of this heat off for of you. I'm not going to pay that. So we move off of Edger and James. We draft Joseph Adai, and we keep going with two uh, two running back system, and we won the Super Bowl. So. Joseph died. Now Joseph died. Did actually get paid a little bit, but he got paid when we weren't expecting. We weren't going to win anything at that point, and we knew it. So we said, "All right, right. culture." I do believe there's a dollar amount, just like I would say for a quarterback. In terms of, because we had a conversation about overpaying quarterbacks, I think in terms of culture, there is a dollar amount. If you was going to give up, not a dollar amount, excuse me, a win amount. If you're going to win a certain amount, even if it wasn't a Super Bowl, that keeping that culture together is. Worth the maybe possibly overpaying for it, um, but yeah, like I, I, I've, I've watched. We can move off of running backs all the time, and we can just uh, get like two or three running backs to be able to do things. The Eagles won the Super Bowl. That all y'all had three running backs. You guys had three running backs at the time. You weren't paying a lot to 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 that room. So I don't like for me. It's it's hard for me to justify paying. I think in today, again, that's today's market, like we talked about, but I think it's because they did cannibalize themselves. With a quarterback, you got to have a quarterback. We don't, You don't have a choice. That's why Daniel Jones got paid. Me and you both said he shouldn't have got paid like that, that they should have given it to Saquon. Like this little conversation we're having, you know what I'm saying? It was pay the quarterback or pay the running back. You got to play the quarterback because the quarterback touches the ball every play and runs the offense. Right. You know what I'm saying? And Saquon is an elite running back. And there's not a team on the out there who wouldn't be like, yo, we get Saquon for a fourth round. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We get Saquon for a second rounder, send him over. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But, but 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 that's what I'm saying. That's the realization that these running backs have to come to is that the days of unless you're going to consistently put up 18 to 2,000 yards in consecutive seasons to where there is no other option. The days of you just being like, hey, it's my fifth year rookie option year. Let's resign a contract. I want 10 million a year now. I want 15 million a year now. That was automatic back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, that was without question. Now it's like, or I, I got these two cats on the practice squad 
Right, right. <laughs> catch a little bit better. He's shiftier. I can give you him. You know, I, 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 I can use him in the past game, and I got to kind of like a little thicker dude for so you know for short yardages and stuff. Maybe I'll just do a running back by committee thing because it works in college, as you well know. So why not implement, like you said, the Eagles are doing it. Why not try to implement that into your strategy as an NFL team? I get it. It's going to hurt the running backs overall, your star running backs, but it's like you also get to play longer if you're a star running back because there's less tread on you. I mean, what, Barry was done after 10 years, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like and that's the other thing. Like, the running back usually, like, listen, if you have nine great years, you're a Hall of Fame running back. Usually, running backs are good for about like three years. Like rookie contract, it's usually like, the rookie contract. So, like, so I even take like I know it seems so big, but like Priest Holmes was good for three years. You know, uh, Larry Johnson from Penn State was good for about three years. You know, uh, 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 Sean Alexander was good for about like three years. Like Chris that Johnson, that was it. Like Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> Maybe Chris Johnson. Like, yeah, you know, Chris Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe on that was good for Forte. Yeah, you usually get, like, three Matt great Forte. years. Matt Forte. Good for, he might have been good for about four. He was good. Um, it, like, you know what I mean? These were all big-name running backs at their time, you know? So, that's what it is. All right, T. We'll get to the next segment, yo. Um, so last week we did our we were in our way too early uh playoff prediction series. Um, so we predicted uh the playoff um winners or who's gonna be in the playoffs. We also said who's going to the NFC and AFC championship game and who's going to the Super Bowl and who's gonna win the whole thing. Wasn't much of a surprise. We said Kansas City was gonna win the whole thing. Um <laughs> but we want to double down on that thought this week, and we want to talk about the offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, defensive MVP, and MVP. So let's get straight into that. So in terms of the – which you want to do, offensive rookie of the year, or do you want to do defensive rookie of the year first? We start with offense. Okay. So offensive rookie of the year. So the top candidates, I was looking on – uh, sportsbettingdime.com uh, and um, the top candidates for Offensive Rookie of the Year are B. John Robinson, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, and Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. So, first of all, is one of, is your Offensive Rookie of the Year uh, outside of those guys? I would say no. Um, okay. My pick is Okay, I'll, I'll let you pass out that so this is going to be good. No, I can't see any – I haven't seen a rookie so far that's – that gives me that, that look, you know what I'm saying? Like, again, they've played a couple of preseason games, so there's not much to go by. But, like, I know the Falcons enough that I know Bijan is going to be a focal point mm-hmm. in their offense because Ritter, as we've discussed, ain't it. <laughs> that ain't it. I you mean, know, maybe, just, maybe he'll shock us. Maybe he'll shock us. Crazier things have happened. But just like you said, like okay, he's not Car- Carson Wentz is a Super Bowl quarterback. He ain't. He ain't even Carson Wentz. And when he was with the Colts, like you said, Jonathan Taylor was carrying him for that eighteen hundred. 
That was that was we don't we don't talk much about Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. Him and you know Richardson, we don't really talk too much about. We kind of get past that a lot. Move on from that. But you know what I'm saying though? So like that's why I think it'll be Bijan. Now the other guys obviously have a chance because they're starting. And you're the quarterback, so you get the ball every time. CJ, Bryce, Anthony, every time the ball, they say hut, the ball's in your hand. Mm-hmm. You can take you can take off for 10, 15 yards, throw a bomb, hit, you know. So they're a, they may be able to, mm-hmm. but I feel like the teams around them sadly just aren't there yet. Mm-hmm. Whereas at least with Atlanta and Bijan, you got some pieces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's some pieces around you where he can kind of do his thing. Because let's not pretend like the he had a dominant line at Texas. He's just that good. No, nah, he's great. He's, <laughs> you know? He's great. <laughs> he's just he's just that good. So even with a okay line, he's going to get his yards. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like Bijan this year because I don't see I don't see it being like last year where both offense and defense work of the year came from the same team. I don't see that happening again. Hmm. I think you got a little prediction there. I think I heard in, in what you said. <laughs> um. So Bijan is definitely my number two. The reason why he's – so I don't think it's outside of the realm of reason or I don't think it's the craziest take to say the Falcons uh, – if somebody said the Falcons would end up in the playoffs, I wouldn't say that was crazy. I think it's very unlikely. I wouldn't say it's crazy. So if they end up in the playoffs, I think we're having a different conversation. But I did pick the, the Carolina Panthers to be in the playoffs. Um, Before I even say that, so – when I looked up, the one thing I like about Offensive Rookie of the Year is um, those are guys that have – they kind of last. Like, if you want Offensive Rookie of the Year, you, we're going to hear about – at least hear about you for a long time. You know what I mean? So, um, last year, Garrett Wilson, Jamal Chasey and Portette, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Saquon, uh, Alvin Kamara, Dak, uh, Todd Gurley, Odell. You know what I mean? Like, it kind of goes back. Those are guys that stay around. So – for me, Bryce Young getting into the playoffs as a as a rookie, and that's where I think I could be wrong because the Vikings could make the playoffs. I just think they're worse than they were last year. Um, if they get into the playoffs, I do think Bryce Young is going to uh, be uh, the offensive rookie of the year, and I do think Bryce Young and Bijan Robinson. That's why he was my number two. I think those are two names that we're definitely going to be hearing about for the next couple years. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say that. You know, and I'm very excited for them both. But in this situation, I, 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 I agree with, I agree with that mentality that whichever one makes the playoff as far as the team, that rookie would win offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, because they're going to have to be a huge part mm-hmm. of getting there. Yes. So I agree with that for sure. Right, and 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 when I look at uh, Carolina's offense, like. It'll be clear if they make it in the playoffs. It's going to be pretty clear that Bryce Young had a lot to do with that, and he took some talent that was maybe a little less and brought it up. And I, and, I mean, and that, listen, people aren't going to like it, but he did it last year at Alabama. Like he probably won them three or four games by himself. Yeah, he did not. He did not have the same talent surrounding him that previous quarterbacks with lesser talent had. Listen, you're gonna get my Bama fans to come on here and they're gonna be outraged. Hey. They don't they hey. never say Bama never do. Hey, <laughs> hey sir. They can be mad all they want. Oh, 
to start. They can be mad all they want. Talking season is done. It, it, the three-peat season has begun. He whipped it out of them. You see what time The three-peat season has <laughs> begun. No, please don't don't make me have to do, do it to them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, cool, cool, cool. So let's go into a uh, defensive rookie of the year. So the top candidates that they have, uh, once again, uh, on sportsbetting.com, the top candidates that they have is Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, uh, Tyree Wilson, Christian Gonzalez, and Devin Witherspoon. Um, so the last two I eliminate because I don't think they're good as, as good as Sauce at the cornerback position. Tyree Wilson with the Raiders, he's just not going to get the love out there unless he puts up gaudy numbers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because they're not going to be on national television like that. They're not going to be, you know what I mean, talked about like that because I don't think Jimmy Garofalo is that dude. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> a very good point. You got to have an opportunity to be seen on the defense. Offense is a little bit easier, but on the defensive side, people got to see you, and you might have to get some spotlight on you to to, to do that. So for me, even though it, you know, being a dog fence pains it to say, I think it's got to be Will Anderson, simply because he's going to start. <laughs> you know, Jalen's going to get in. He's going to wreck stuff. He's going to have be a problem. I mean, you, I'm sure you've heard the reports from his own teammates. Dude's a monster. Already nicknamed the Baby Rhino. Mm-hmm. Super fast, super strong. Something we already knew. But he's not going to start over Fletcher or. Anybody else on that line right now, he's going to rotate in. He's going to get reps, but he's not starting. Will Anderson is going to start. Right. And he is going to have – he has J.J. comparable skills to dominate off that edge since they moved him from that linebacker to the defensive end spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like Will Anderson. I understand. So I'm, at, I'm actually going to run off the past um, – Defensive players of the years too, and actually, I would say so. With the offensive player of the year, those were guys that absolutely were around to very good. Some of them ended up being great. This list, this list of defensive player of the year, I mean, uh, defensive rookie of the year. This is an all star list. So to me, this means something. So last year, Sauce Gardner. Year before that, Michael Parsons. Year before that, Chase Young. Year before that, uh, Nick Bosa. Twenty eighteen, Shaq Leonard. Seventeen, Marshawn Lattimore. 16, Joey Bosa, 15, Marcus Peters, 14, Aaron Donald. So to me, what I what I Monsters. Mean, this means something. And 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 I'm when I look at this, I gotta look at a guy that I'm a hundred percent sure that they're gonna be it. Now, I do think Will Anderson is going to be good. Am I a hundred percent sure that he's gonna be like a guy on that list? I'm not yet. I gotta see that. I'd have to see that. Not hundred so, percent though. But it's high. Yeah. So actually, actually, Will Anderson is actually, I would put him for me. And that doesn't mean that he won't win it and he won't be that great. I'm saying for me right now, I'd actually put him third behind. Really? Yeah, behind uh, Jalen Carter. I think, I know Jalen Carter is going to be. Uh, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Jalen Carter, I'm, I'm more sold with <laughs> Jalen Carter than I am Will Anderson. But it's yeah. just the situation and, and, you know what I mean? And Jalen Carter will have more opportunities to be seen as a defensive uh, guy. 
But the guy that I really do think is going to be it, I think it's Devin uh, Witherspoon, cornerback. You think You think so? Like I said, the, I eliminated him because I didn't think he was as talented as Sauce. But right. I took him completely wrong, obviously. No, no, no. So I look at him. No, all right, so first of all, I think Sauce Gardner is the like, – I think there's a gap between him and number two, and that's a scary thing considering how good the quarterbacks are. Um, yeah. But Devin Witherspoon, I think he's going to come in. I think he's a guy who's going to immediately have an impact on his team and immediately jump into that conversation of top 10 corners. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think his biggest asset is he wants to hit. Yes. A lot of corner, a lot of DBs in general don't. They tackle, they, grab, they wrap up. But, yes, he can defend the ball in the pass, but he'll also hit you. <laughs> he's physical. Uh, he, he, he wasn't a guy – who the quick wide receivers were beating when I looked at his tape, like a lot like, like um, Darrell Revis, when he came in, he's not a fast guy, but his power and his, and his, his quickness is a lot better than people gave him credit for. Um, he was able to take, that was more effective than a guy that was, that was faster. And I'm saying Devin Witherspoon is fast. Well, that and his knowledge of the game, you know right. what I'm saying? You saw, you right. saw him preemptively, you know, cutting through the line for a tackle. You're like, I didn't see that play coming. He yeah. clearly did. You know, so he his instincts are yes are that Darrell Revis kind of thing because Revis wasn't a physical freak. Oh, like, <laughs> he was just. You, know, you hear Chad Johnson talk about like when he went up against uh, Darrell Revis. He said he said he was asked. He said, "Who was the toughest uh, cornerback that you ever had?" He said Revis. He said he said and I hated it. He said he like he said first of all he had no swag. He said, you know how like you dress up the mannequin and, and exactly just put a football uniform? That's how he dressed. There was nothing fancy. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't fast. And when I looked at him, he wouldn't talk. When I looked at him, I said, or this is what Ocho said. He said, Oh, I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna swag him out. Like, like there's something about him is normal, and that's what it is, and it never he never could do it. You know what yeah. I mean? So so that's the archetype. If if, if Deion Sanders is archetype one for cornerback, Darrell Reeves is archetype two because he's complete. He's a very different kind of guy to say how do you take something wrong or take a guy away. I think Sauce is more in that Deion Sanders uh, archetype, but I do think Devin Witherspoon is in that Darrell Reeves archetype, and I really do like him. And I think he's going to get an opportunity with that team to have that kind of impact, and he fills a very big void for them. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, like if they're starting, they'll have a chance. But I also know that, like I said, a lot of these awards, just like we were talking about earlier with the bus conversation, a lot of these awards are crowd driven or fan driven. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So if Will Anderson is cutting up and his fans are going nuts online and talking about it and coming at the pundits about it, he's going to get more attention as opposed to everyone else, you know what I'm saying? If they're not getting as much love publicly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, it, like sadly, it doesn't always come down to the numbers with these particular awards. Right, 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 right. So, absolutely. So, I, I think impact has to do, be a part of the defensive conversation. DC offense is always about numbers. Defense is about impact. You know what I mean? Like, as a pass rusher, yeah, like, you want 10 sacks. But if you're the kind of guy that is getting – that pressure rate is very high, that actually – That's might huge. More. And just for corners, 
just because you didn't get eight picks or you didn't get like like you know what I mean like fifty pass deflections in a year. Listen, if people are like, I'm not going over there. That's why those numbers are low. <laughs> right. You know, I'm if, if you if you got one pick a year, it's like you're that good. <laughs> there it is. So, but I think it's a very good list. This is a very good list, though. I, I, I'm very excited about it. Um. So let's go over to let's go over the defensive player of the year. Okay. So. So they got the odds, and I'll just I'll just run down the odds winners. So they have actually more people in their odds, but um, we got Michael Parsons, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, Nick Bosa, Sauce Gardner, Aiden Hutchinson, Max Crosby, Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, and after that, I don't think anybody else is really in that conversation. Um, no, I'm, yeah, I'm leaving at Chris Jones because I like Chris Jones, and people are sleeping on Chris Jones. That man's great too. Um, yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I get a little mad because he don't get talked about in that all-time great defensive tackle conversation. And and I'm not 100% sure Aaron Donald would have been able to do the same or have the same impact on the Chiefs if he was there. Like, If he switched them? Yeah, I agree. Like, 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 you know what I mean? Aaron Donald had some bad defenses, okay? So keep that in mind. He's great. He's great. But he's had some average to below average defenses. And Chris Jones just uplifted a terrible <laughs> defense. Yeah, made him look made him look good that first Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, who you got for Defensive Player of the Year? How you see that shaking up? Well, I don't see Bosa repeating, so he's out of it for me. But I like Micah. I mean, like to your point, he won decent Defensive Rookie of the Year two years ago. Mm-hmm. He's going into year three. He was second place last year. Like, the man's a monster. You know what I mean? Like, he gives me, like, Lawrence Taylor feels. Yes, yes he does. You know, coming off that outside. Lawrence Taylor, yes, he does. You know what I mean? Like, he's just fast, huge. Like, he's everything you want in that position, and he just works. I've never seen him in the media whining about nothing. He don't complain. He just works. Right. So he's I like him as defensive player of the year. He's also one of the people that I love when he talks and how he talks. I love listening to how his what's in his mind and how he approaches the game and how he feels. He's one of those people too. I love hearing him talk. Watching him during the NFL draft was cool because mm-hmm. he he did flip out when the Eagles got Carter. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. And like, and that maybe further proves your point of maybe it is Carter this year for defensive player of the year because if you're that good to win it, you could probably see it in other people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And clearly, Carter is in that vein of like Aaron Donald. You know what I mean? Just like a destroyer up the middle. Like I don't want to run the ball the middle no more. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, when it comes to Jalen Carter. In terms of talent, everybody would say, yeah, he has the most talent. It's more about fit and scheme to why he wasn't over, um, like, Will Anderson or over all of these quarterbacks. No one's questioning how good he is. It's just about if you want your best player to be on your defense to be a defensive tackle as opposed to a defensive end. That's really oh, yeah. Whenever the draft comes around, people are like, oh, he's a number one pick. I'm like, unless the number one team doesn't need a quarterback. 
than right. right. They, you know what I'm saying? Like that's more about fit more than that's not talent. That's fit. So yeah, no, I definitely think Michael Parsons, and I actually I do lean towards um, him being that pick. But for all, for the sake of the show, like I said, this show is not supposed to be about. Uh, agreeing. <laughs> so I'm, I have to pick someone else. I knew you was going to pick Michael Parsons. So I said, all right, let me pick Miles. <laughs> no, I'm not picking Miles Garrett. I'm not picking Miles Garrett. Nope. Oh, you ain't going to see this one coming. I'm coming from left field with this one. So the guy who I think that has a real chance to win, and I do think he has a real chance to win defense player of the year, Aiden Hutchinson. I think when you look at Aiden Hutchinson, he, listen, the Lions are getting a lot of momentum in the offseason right now. They're gonna get they're gonna get a lot of momentum. I think and and also his defense, there's no when I look at the Lions roster, I they don't have any place where they're bad. Unless Jared Goff had one a one-off season, there's no places on that on that or injuries come into play. If injuries come into play, then hey, you know, they have it. But there's no places on their team or their roster where you're like, oh, they're bad. That also with the fact that they're really good at wide receiver. They're once again, unless Jared Goff had a one-off season, they're really good at quarterback. They're they're really good at running back. Their right, pass yeah. rush is going to be legit, and he's carrying that. You know what I mean? And their run defense. You know what I mean? It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty tough to run on them. So that that you know what I mean? They invested into linebackers, and in, in, if you remember in their draft and in, in safeties, and they brought in safety. So up the middle running the ball is gonna be difficult. They're gonna be in a lot of because of how their offense is, they're going to be in a lot of games where they're scoring a lot of points. And teams is going to be a little bit harder to run the ball. And I think so. Aiden Hutch is going to get a lot of opportunities to just get to the passer, get to the passer, get to the passer, ignore the run, get to the passer. And I think, yeah, that he could, he could have like 16 sacks this year. Absolutely. I don't hate that simply because paying attention to the offseason, the Lions have been getting a lot of momentum from around the league, from pundits talking about them and stuff. Like, people are big on the Lions this year, so I don't hate that. I'll give you my dark horse, which may not even really be a dark horse, because I think he is this talented. If it's not Micah, or honestly, if it's not a defensive end or edge guy, it'd be hard for me to see defense player of the year. But Maybe sauce repeat. That's what I was saying. I, I knew you was going there. I was thinking he was going to say sauce. That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Listen, one-on-one, he's arguably right now the best corner there is. He's got length. He's got speed. I don't think there's an argument. I don't think there's an he, argument. He's big. You know what I'm saying? And they're going to be in situations now that they have Aaron Rodgers. They're bringing back Garrett Wilson. They've expanded the offense. Like, they're going to be putting up numbers where you're going to have to pass. And at some point, you're going to have to pass on him, and, and that's dangerous. And keep in mind, if if, if, if Sauce is who, we're, who we think he is, even in his own division, he's going to have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. He's going to have – he's going to have um, – why can't I think of a man from Buffalo? Uh, Diggs. He's going to have to – Diggs. Diggs and Allen. And, yeah. I mean, it's a plethora of people out there. He's you know going I mean? So, like, he's going to have an opportunity. And there's a there's a thought that the Jets are going to be good. So, he's going to have an opportunity to go against all of these really talented wide receivers. And, no, I don't think that's a bad pick at all. And, and like I said, and then they're going to need numbers. So, I, so, if he's like, I'm going to go check your number one because you need a touchdown. So, I know where you're going. You right. know what no, I'm saying? I, I, think, I, think, I think he definitely is a dark horse. The only reason I don't put him further up 
I think there's a lot of scenarios where the Jets don't even make the playoffs at all. Oh, for sure. So if so like if they don't gel, the they playoffs, have the pieces, but if they don't gel. Yeah, if you're not in the playoffs, you can't. I don't think that you can win that award. You know what I mean? So that's why. But no, I think if if, if they make the playoffs, he's going to be a very big reason why. And that's what it is. Well, that uh, that Monday night game on the 11th is going to tell us a lot because they're playing the Bills. Right. But no, I don't. I don't hate that pick <laughs> at all. I just think, like I said, the only reason I, I look at, I, I think Micah is. If we're going to be honest, I do think Micah's going to win that defensive player of the year. Well, if you, I, I mean, Micah, if you, go if you go back, if you go back on your defensive player of the years, you could probably tell most winners are edge rushers, defensive ends. Line guys, you know what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Dudes on the line. It's yeah. rarely, it's rarely linebackers, and even less DBs now. You know, I mean, DBs were the Deion Sanders era, the Ed Reed era, the Sean Taylors. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Brian Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Like they were, they were capable of winning Bob MVPs. Sanders. You can put Bob Sanders in that list too. Bob Sanders. You know what I'm saying? Bob Sanders used to pop people. In this list. Listen, Bob Sanders. If you're listening, I want you to know. <laughs> You got you got talked about by somebody that watched you, and I want you to know he was a bad motherfucker. That was a bad, bad man. So, you know what I'm saying? Like nowadays, yeah. though, you're you're doing defensive end, edge rushers, defensive line. Those who are winning the MVP. That's why I went with Micah as opposed to like as good as I think Sauce actually is. Right, right. So yeah, like I said, the reason why I went with Aiden Hutchinson was because I feel as though he's going to get a lot of. Um, Opportunities. I think that offense, if you remember, the Lions was putting up like 38 a game, 35, 38 a game last year. They're going to put That'll up win you some games. They're going to put up a lot of points. And I think that they can stop the run enough to basically force teams to be a little bit more one dimensional, more than they plan to be. And that's why I think he can come through. Okay. Last but not least, we're going to have to get to this MVP. Um, now, the thing about the MVP that I would say that's different than all the rest of them, I think, and you tell me if you think I'm wrong, I think you have to have, you have to be like a one or two seed in your conference, NFC and NFC. So there's really only four names that really are going to come up to basically say, oh, those could be the MVP. Because I don't think if you're like, if you're the number three seed, do you think you can win the MVP, the MVP of the league being the number three seed? So it's really like the number one or number two seed. So that's why I'm look. I always look at MVP and say, well, those teams who's going to be the number one and two seeds in each conference, and that's the MVPs will come from one team. So I'm curious to hear what you feel about that. Well, the MVP in NFL, just like in college football, has just become the best quarterback award. You know what I mean? If you're not a quarterback, you ain't winning, and that's unfortunate because we have had some. I mean, the Derrick Henry 2000 season, like, he was more than, I think, like, that he should have been the MVP. But you know what I'm saying? Like, but unless you are a quarterback, it's just not, just like the Heisman, it ain't coming to you. You know what I'm saying? You got to be a quarterback and you got to be good. You got to be on a top-tier team. The difference between college and NFL is you could be on a three-loss team in college but put up 8,000 yards and win win the Heisman, whereas to your point, you got to be a one or two C probably to win the MVP. And just like we've seen for the last five years, and we'll probably see for the next five, my number one is Patrick. I, like I said, the award has become the best quarterback award, and I don't see a better quarterback than him in the last four years. 
Mm-hmm. You know, other ones, I like Jalen, of course, because I think the Eagles are going to be right up there in that one-two seed spot. Outside chance looking in, I like Justin Herbert. I think he's kind of a beast out there with the Chargers. And of course, you got Burrow, who they're probably going to be that's probably going to be the AFC Championship. Uh, Holmes, Mahomes, and Burrow again. Right. You know what I'm saying? So those are my top four. But like Mahomes is, I mean, he won it last year. It wouldn't shock me if he won it again this year. He's going to put up 5,000 yards to a bunch of no name wide receivers and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> no, you know, like it actually, and, and first of all, great pick. It's it's repetitive at this point. But the one thing, you know, Patrick Holmes, he is such a like he is. This is how great he is. He's changing what the logic is and how do you win. So normally, the person that wins the MVP, the quarterback, that's not the Super Bowl winning quarterback. Usually, not the awesome. quarterback, the quarterback, like like I, I've said on the past, um. Out, like the most that a quarterback made in terms of their total team's uh, salary cap in terms of percentile was 13%. So a quarterback, a Super Bowl winning quarterback always made less than 13%. The only time it was 13% was when it was Tom Brady. Before last year, every other quarterback, all they got was 12% of the total cap. That's why, you know I mean, I say some of the things that I say. Patrick Mahomes had 16% of the cap last year. Like, he's MVP, he's 16% of the cap. This wasn't a rebuild. There's no talent. There's not a bunch of talent. And it's like, I don't have the answer to – that's why I say he's an enigma because my brain just goes, you know. <laughs> I can help you out with that. Go ahead. Your, your boy Peyton Manning. I'm not saying he didn't have Marvin and stuff in the beginning, but towards the end, he had a bunch of nobodies. I mean, I'm sorry, T.Y. – was it T.Y. Hilton? Nah, T.Y. wasn't there with, with – with, uh, that was all uh, Andrew Luck. T.Y. wasn't there with, with Peyton. He started with Peyton, though, didn't he? And then Luck came in that next season when they traded Peyton out. No, I would say no because Peyton didn't play for a whole year. T.Y. Hilton was not on that team, or, or or if he was, he was a rookie then, and we just didn't hear about him. And then we heard about him with Andrew Luck the very next year. What I'm meaning is, is that Peyton was one of those guys who took – once he did, he stopped yeah. having star receivers. Pierre Garçon and, and 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 um, can't think of the white guy's name. I cannot think of his Austin. It's Austin something. It's gonna come. To me. But took you know took nobodies and turned them into like top tier wide receiver yeah. talent because of how good he was. Yes, absolutely. Patrick is doing the same thing. Yes. Tom Brady kind of did the same thing. Yes, he had Randy for that year, which was phenomenal. But most of his wide receivers were five foot eleven white boys. Running out the slide, <laughs> and our brains went. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no, you, you're you're supposed to be six five on the outside, right, two thirty, right? right. Jumping a four you know, three with a forty inch snag, snagging one handed balls, and Tom's like, "No, nah, I'm good. Just give me w- Welker right there, five seven. He's good." And we all and we all said, "Are you sure?" <laughs> he goes, "Yeah," and then one Super Bowls. You know what I'm saying? Like Patrick is now in oh, that air. You know what I'm saying? Patrick is in that air now where you would love it if you're a Chiefs fan. Be like, dude, draft Marvin Harrison Jr. next year. Trade somebody. Get him. You know what I mean? Get you a top-tier wide receiver for our boy. But you don't need it, honestly, because you still have Kelsey, who is always going to be open. We already said that. He's always open. Right, right. So, yeah, so looking at so looking at the, the uh, MVP option, so – um, 
Joe Burrow is he's going to miss the first two games. They that could cost them even the division. I'm not sure yet, um, but that could that division is crazy. You know what I mean? There's four teams in that division that we all look at and say all four of them could win the division. Actually, you know, could this year? I, I, that's crazy. So he, I don't think Burrow's going to be a top two seed. I take think that takes him out. And I was prepared. I said this because I was prepared because I knew he was going to pick Patrick Mahomes. Because, of course, Patrick Mahomes is so easy to pick. But I got to think of somebody who I think could be in the top two seeds. And it, so mine is a little bit more of a far-fetched, but, but you'll like the name. But I think it's a little bit more far-fetched, a little bit harder to see. I think the MVP is going to be uh, Josh Allen. I think Buffalo is, is still has the opportunity to be one of the best two teams. Like their defense had statistically has been like top two defenses the last like two or three years. You know what I mean? So I think their defense is still going to be very good. I think they're, I mean, they still have the opportunity to put up a bunch of points. Um, well, Vaughn's still hurt. So he's still coming back. He'll be back. It'll, it'll take him three. But even after they lost him, I mean, like, I'm talking statistically. I'm not saying this is a Super Bowl winning defense. I'm saying statistically, listen, they've been one of the top two defenses the last couple of years. You know what I mean? The defense is legit. Um, I think they give them, they give Josh Allen a lot of opportunities to put up points and put up numbers and wins. And I got to think, and I do think that when they division, they could lose it. But if I was to go with somebody, that's who I would go with, Josh Allen. That's why my other pick was the just in the AFC was Justin Herbert. That boy can See, sling Justin it. Justin Herbert, like, all right. The problem with that pick is I wouldn't even be shocked if the Chargers didn't make the playoffs. No, but like their division isn't awful though. But the Chargers are the Chargers. See, the Chargers don't get the, the Chargers don't get the reputation to be that organization that plays down. When when you want them to, you know how much money I lost on betting on the Chargers <laughs> to be who I think they are supposed to be, and they never and they always come back down. And it's like, so why are criti- you like this? Like, so your criticism is more personal as opposed I'm to analytical. <laughs> I'm not the only one with this criticism. Even my boy JB, who comes on the show, he says that he'll tell you the same thing. The Chargers will play down when you think that they're up. So they went to the playoffs last year. They're a team that I don't trust, and if they didn't make the playoffs – actually, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I took them out of the playoffs from last year. So, <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't the MVP, you don't make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. So, and do you think it's more far-fetched for them to be a num- uh, uh, not make the playoffs or number one or two seed? Which one do you think is more likely for the Chargers? Oh, not make the playoffs. That's my point. Do you see where I'm – Not make saying? the playoffs. I don't. I don't it's, trust anything about this. But the, and that's but that's the thing for me. It's that's the way I feel about the Lions. They I, have never given see, me trust. See, but the Lions <laughs> have that reputation, and people know that. Where people don't really give the charge. They're, they're the same thing. They just have yeah. better quarterbacks. They've had better quarterbacks from time to time and better roster. But they're the same thing. They're the same thing, bro. They could both be great this year, or be like, "Oh, that's the Chargers. That's the Lions." <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I mean so yeah absolutely so that's how I feel so that's why I don't I, I can't put him in there actually uh, Jamal Jamal actually thinks Trevor Lawrence is going to be the MVP of the league this year and I don't think that the Jags are going to be um, I don't think they're number one or number two 
seed. I think they're like they could be a number three seed, but I, they could be three or four. That's where I see them. I mean, I think they can make the playoffs, but I don't see an MVP. Oh, you need to go I talk to your cousin. You need to go talk. I don't to see. The, I don't see. I don't see an award winner coming out of Jacksonville. Oh, you, oh, you know, listen, I told him. Listen, I told him. By the way, for all of everybody who doesn't know, Jamal is my brother. That was my brother that was on the show. His cousin too. Okay. He. I went on the show and I said it wouldn't if 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 uh, Trevor Lawrence doesn't take a step. I think the Titans could win the division this year. He thought that was blasphemous because he said he said he said that, is, that there's no way there's no place for that. And he said the the, the Jaguars are going to are going to sweep the whole division, no losses in the division. They're going to be like a number one or number two seed. But then but then you know Jamal makes arguments like this. But then they're a team that's going to lose in like the first round. And I'm like, so you think that they're a first round? Team. Okay, so we're basically saying the same thing. You just took a longer path for right. <laughs> you just went the long way, but okay. <laughs> so you think they're? You think we we kind of think the same thing about them, but like, I, like I said, it like they'll probably make the playoffs, but they not doing nothing. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what, like this roster is not great. Okay, I think they're definitely the best roster in this division. They definitely have the best quarterback in the division. But the Titans, I do think, and I really do think that the Titans could come in here, and if if they don't take a step forward, listen, if, if the Jaguars win nine games this year, they're in tr- like the Titans are going to be right there in the division. That's how. I feel. Yeah. But sweeping the division, one or two seed, no losses. Bold. Bold. And he and he is grounded and he did it. He said it like this. You see what I'm saying? He said it just like he was coming. He, he, he sat back on it. <laughs> he said <laughs> He said this is fine for me. I'm like, okay. I'm riding with the Jaguar. And I was crazy. Like it made me maybe explain I, myself. I said some wild. Okay. <laughs> made me explain myself on my own damn show. <laughs> I'm saying crazy stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> this is okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, so, teach their own, I guess, huh? That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. He did he did that. So yeah, for me, I don't think Trevor Lawrence, but for me, and, and I'm not a hundred percent sold on Josh Allen. It's just what makes sense as opposed to you I mean what I've seen, what I think, how good. You mean somebody, I think, a season they could have, things like that. My, my pause on Josh Allen is the same probably as anyone's, is that he has that – he has a game where he'll throw four touchdowns, 300 yards, and look great. And then one game, it's like, do you know how football works? Yeah, exactly. You know what, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, and it'll be, in a, it'll be in an important game, too. It won't be some nonsense that, like, oh, we lose this, we're fine. It's like against the Charger – I mean, against the – the Chiefs or a division game against the Patriots or something, something that you need to win to like improve your, your your ranking and stuff. And he's out there throwing dumb picks, fumbles, like just like you're you're just looking at him like, calm down, man. Like you got mm-hmm. weapons everywhere. Mm-hmm. Your line is good enough. You're huge. Mm-hmm. You're fast. Like, so I agree with you. He could c- cut up and be in that conversation, but he could also be, you know. They could also be eight and five this year by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, th- that's more of a projection. That's more of a projection more than this is really what I think. <laughs> I just had to give a different answer outside of Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> even, even though he's probably going to win. <laughs> he's probably going to win. 
All right, we got one more segment we got to get to. This topic actually was a topic I really wanted to talk to you about. Um, and I'm very and I'm very curious about uh, how you feel about this. So I've been thinking for a long time, and I really didn't let anybody in my brain to hear it because you know how sometimes you think some stuff and then be like, if I said that, I'm going to sound crazy. So, just hold on to it. Yeah, so I, you just keep it in, keep it inside, get some gray hairs, and, you know, just live life. Um but the playoff system, my question is, I really have two questions. Do you think the NFL has the best playoff system? I have three questions. Do you think the NFL has the best playoff system? If not, who has the best playoff system? And the third question is, what playoff system do you think the NFL should have? Playoff systems, are we talking only pro or pro and collegiate as far as playoffs? All of them. Every single one All that you've ever heard of. Cricket, you can bring in cricket's playoff system if you would like. <laughs> well, well, we'll keep it in America. But um, <laughs> I would say number one for me as far as the playoff system has got to be March Madness mm-hmm. over the NFL simply because of the more teams – and more out and like especially nowadays, you'll see a thirteen seed take out you know seven seed, a sixteen seed is taken out of one seed you know twice now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the most important part of it is the single elimination. Mm-hmm. That makes every game crucial. Yes, you know what I'm saying. So for me, that's why March Madness is number one. You got a hundred plus teams playing, killing themselves for one game. You gotta love it. Right. But right below them for me would be the NFL because of also their single elimination system. Okay. Where you're, you know, you could, like we were just talking about, you could be the one seed coming in with your bye week, feeling all good about yourself, <laughs> getting that division around against somebody who played last week, and get your butt kicked. Mm-hmm. You know, and, they, and you home. You home with a 14 <laughs> 3 record. Congratulations. <laughs> right, 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 right. Absolutely. Listen. I'm in agreement with that. Only thing that I would say, I would put the NBA playoff system as the number two system. So I, I was I was back and forth. Yeah, I like two. the anonymity of not knowing for certain, you know, who you're going to play next. You know what I mean? So I actually like that. I like saying, "Hey, listen, if you if you um, if you did what you're supposed to do, like you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get a break." You know, so. I actually like the NBA system uh, second. So I do think the NFL is third. Do you even like college football, uh, the playoff system? Currently, no. Yeah, I've not. Four, four teams. Thing. But once, once it um, advances to 12, I think it'll get better. Yes. I, I just think college football has never said we definitively want to know who the best team in the country is. And they, and they I, I think now we're getting there. Before with the BCS, because it was, it was such people. an outrage. It was such an outrage. Just like I don't know that those were the best two teams, you know. But it was always money. They, I mean, the, the money that was made from it is phenomenal, you know. Each bowl game, but like we never got to see who definitively was the best team in the country, and I don't think we've ever seen that in college football. I think now we'll get into that arena because just like with the NFL, it's single elimination. And you could be the one seed, Bama, Georgia, 
Ohio State sitting at the top, you know, on your bye week. And then here comes <laughs> USC or somebody who just right. won last week and they put a hurting on you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, before, like I said, the BCS, it was like, oh, we picked them and them to play. It's like, well, why? Right. You know, now now with the four-team, you know, all that's doing is leaving people out. But now you got 12. I feel like we're finally going to get to a place where, yes, we're going to see who the best is. Not just the best who was on a hot streak at the end of the year and got into the playoffs or, you know what I'm saying, or just had a weak schedule. When you get into the nitty gritty of the playoffs and you're having to play three, four games to win it all, like the NFL, you're really going to see who's about that life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, um, <clears throat> so yeah. So, so with that said, do you think? Do you think the NFL? I kind of know what you're going to say. Do you think the NFL should adopt the NCAA? basketball college uh, playoff system or do you think it should remain the same and the the history is the history and we need to respect the history like would that I make mean, it better? would that make the NFL playoffs better if it was like I don't think so I mean I think with the them adding a, an extra wild card game was a good idea but I don't want to keep just adding in bad teams just to have teams you know what I mean mm-hmm. like yeah. I'm not trying to have okay go ahead like I'm not trying to have like a six and seven Atlanta Falcons team make it to the playoffs just because you know. So I I liked when a couple of years ago they added that second wild card team where they have to play each other to get in. Mm-hmm. But like beyond that, no, not really. I kind of like where it's at. Okay, so I'm actually glad that you said that, so we get to disagree on this one. So I thought I was like, we gonna agree on this, and I see. It. <laughs> so. Um, so not necessarily on the expansion of teams or number of teams in, but I absolutely positively feel like, and this is something I never really told anybody, I absolutely positively feel like if the NFL playoffs was like March Madness in terms of how it was structured and stuff like that, I absolutely positively feel that like it would make a better playoff platform. I think – regionally. No, no. So, so that's the thing. It gets rid of regions. It gets rid of divisions. It gets rid of conferences and says, number one plays number 16. Number two plays number 15. And it doesn't care if those two teams or two AFC teams would be two AFC teams. Then that's just how it shook up. If those two teams were two NFC teams, that's just how it shook up. But I think in the NFL history, there's been more times than I'm comfortable with where if we're really going to be honest about the season, the best game was the AFC Championship game or the NFC Championship game when it's supposed to be the Super Bowl. That's supposed right. to be the best game. So the best two teams were playing each other before they get to the Super Bowl. And you know what I mean? And now that's how it like all that shook up. I definitely feel as though not caring about two NFC teams playing each other or two AFC teams playing each other in like – you know what I mean, or or an AFC team and an AFC or an NFC team playing each other before the Super Bowl. I actually think that would build, bro. I'm so much in the hype train of I would love to see that happen. I would love, love, love. I I think that'd be a cool thing to see, but I mean, they're not getting rid of divisions. You well, know what I'm saying? In the playoffs only in the playoffs. I mean, you still got division winners. You still have all that, but when you get to the playoffs, like if like. 
Last year, the Cowboys played the Chargers in the first round of the playoffs. You're telling me that that wouldn't be intriguing to you? That's not, that's not more intriguing than let's, – let, 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 let's, let's, let's keep – you tell me that's not more intriguing than, like, for instance, the year where Dallas played the Lions in the first round of the playoffs. No, no, I don't disagree with the concept of it, but you have to also remember that the AFC has dominated the playoffs and the Super Bowls mm-hmm. for the last two decades. Yeah, since the so like, boys. Nobody remembers. You know, again. Nobody you know remembers. what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, I, it'd be hard-pressed for me to think that they're going to want – I feel like it would just be an AFC-AFC team in the, in, the, in the Super Bowl, and now the NFC's left out. That's money not in their pocket, and they're not going to be okay with that. I feel like I feel like so what. That's how I feel about that. Oh, listen, as a fan, yeah. You know what? I want the best product on the field. I don't. I agree. But like, so like the year that that um that that um or like Kansas City, if they played Buffalo that year when they in the thirteen seconds, if that was the Super Bowl game, that would be one of the greatest games of all time. Or, right. or or when or when the uh, the Bengals won or or anything like that, absolutely. I feel as though that's. But, but you see, I'm saying how, how how that's the AFC, and it's ain't like that no more. You know what I mean? Listen, get that man. You're right. The only two teams that I remember from the NFC winning the Super Bowl in the last like I don't know how long. I mean, you've had the Eagles, you've had the Rams, the Cowboys, Saints, the Saints won one. I'm talking about since then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Saints won one. Has any other NFC team really won? Is it just those? Tom Brady won them all. Or Peyton won a couple. Then he went to the Broncos and won one. All AFC. All AFC. That's what I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying. (laughs) So if if that's the truth, if if what you're saying is true, that only strengthens my argument. If that's what you're saying is the truth, then I want to see the two AFC teams in the Super Bowl more than I want to see the AFC and NFC team because I want the best game. I want to be like, oh, my God. And that mentality works in college, not in the NFL. See, in college, you'll get Bama, Bama, Georgia in the national championship, and it'll be a slugfest. Well, they're both from the SEC. But they're the two best teams, and that's what we want. I would prefer, like, all right. So last year's AFC, last year's title game when Georgia won very convincingly, I might add. You telling me you wouldn't have, you would have rather seen Bama win the championship game rather than oh, uh, yeah. like that wasn't even Definitely. the game. No, the, the last year's championship was when we played Ohio State. That was the national championship. No, what I'm saying is, what, the point that I'm making is, last year, if that team, that other team that was coming in with Georgia was. Alabama or an SEC team more than TCU. You telling me that wouldn't have been? Oh, oh it would been a much better game. It would been a much better game without That's question. So if you could, like, I think there's a ceiling, and that ceiling is you can only hope for one of the two teams that wins the division for it not to be a gap. And I just want to see the best two teams in, 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 uh, in there. You know what I mean? I just want to see the best two teams in, in that final game. No, as I said, I don't disagree with the premise. I just we know the NFL is a dollar thing. Mm-hmm. It comes down to the dollars, and you get dollars for playoff games. <laughs> you know what I mean? You get fatter checks for each playoff game you play in and win. You know what I mean? There's a check for each to each each part of it. Now you get to that Super Bowl. That's a fat check. 
Sorry, the NFC. So I guess I'm saying the collective bargaining agreement is never going to abolish the divisions in the playoffs, unfortunately. Although I love, like I said, I love the idea of like Patrick Mahomes, you gotta go play Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And they might beat you. Right. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? Right. Right. They might get you yeah. on this particular day. Or 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 like last year, like we were talking about um Detroit possibly going in. Yeah, Pat, you gotta go play Detroit. And like, I, oh, we got this, me, but then all of a sudden me, Detroit's hitting crazy. shots. Detroit's hitting shots. Aiden's going off. They're, you know, they're not letting Patrick do the backyard football stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I agree with you. That's the beauty of football in general for me is because on paper, you can say this. On paper, yeah, Chief, Mahone's going to win MVP. Chiefs are probably back at the championship, blah, blah, blah. But we got to play the games. And you can get caught on any game by anybody. You know what I mean? See, guys, so I like the idea because of that. Yeah, see, guys, I need to do, this week. I need everybody in the comments this week because I really want to hear about the playoffs because I really do feel like it would be so much better. So I really need it. So, because we don't want to hold up your whole day because we know you are a busy man. <laughs> Got business in the wings. <laughs> Things to do. Things to do, man. You know what I mean? So, once again, everybody, you can check us out on, on Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We all over the place. We just growing everywhere. And we also want to thank Worldwide. you. Part of been a very pivotal part in terms of the growth of this uh of the show. The show has had record highs. Every I mean, ever since we developed the concept of bringing gentlemen like you on who know everything about football. <laughs> I ain't gonna say more than me, but in, in certain instances, more than me. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So we love the fact that you have been uh that you've been a part of this and we can't wait for you to come back. And when you get a chance, you yeah, once again talk to talk to your cousin and, and tell him. Yeah, I'm waiting. I, I, don't, know <laughs> so I don't know what that's about, you know. That's well, a bold I, take. I gotta talk to him. This might be him right here. Yep, yeah, look at him. Talk about yes, talk about yes indeed. That's I'm about to get on this more. <laughs> yeah, see, you you go handle that. <laughs> yeah, I got to get on him. <laughs> but all right, Daniel, once again, cuz we love you. We we love having you on the show. We just got to tell you again, unfortunately, cuz cuz you don't know football, man. <laughs> we thank you, man, as always for being on. Thanks, guys. Love you. All right.